Welcome to If You Only Knew, brought to you by the Diversity Movement, where Dr. Debbie Stroman talks race and diversity in sports with some of the most influential leaders at the intersection of athletics and racial equity. On today's episode, Dr. Debbie is talking with basketball player Jessica Breland, former UNC Tar Heel, current WNBA Phoenix Mercury, intern for Duke Women's Basketball and owner of BR3 Float and Cryo Studio in Durham. Today, they're talking about Jessica's wellness studio, how student athletes can stay healthy during COVID-19, and Jessica's life-changing personal health journey. Here's your host, UNC professor, entrepreneur, speaker, consultant, and advocate, Dr. Debbie Stroman. Welcome to If You Only Knew with Dr. Debbie Stroman, and wow, what a treat to have Jessica Breland with me today to talk about her life and all the things, all the wonderful things that are going on. Jessica, welcome. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. So for people who don't know, which is not a lot of people, but Jessica Breland, North Carolina, Bertie High School, star at Bertie. She was an All-American there, parade All-American as a senior. And then she took her talents to Chapel Hill, where I got to watch her play and actually broadcast her games. And definitely one of the fan favorites, Tar Heel Nation loves Jessica. Certainly, we're going to talk about her career at UNC, but thinking about her, her work as one of the top defensive players in not only the program's history, but also in the ACC. I think she was the third uh, player to have more than 100 blocks in a single season. She won all ACC second team. She was a member of the all ACC defensive team. So she's just a wonderful, wonderful alum. And now not everybody gets to do this. We know about that, being able to go to the professional leagues where she plays in the WNBA and her current role, helping young people. And she's doing that wearing a different color blue. So I want to open the mic up. Jessica, please tell us where it all started. Tell us about your career as a youngster first. Did you come out of the womb as an athlete? I think so, pretty much. So I I picked up the ball just trying to figure out just something to do. I, I was raised in Bertie County. There's not much to do there. And just kind of got into it with friends and just developed a, a love for the game when I was about probably about eight years old. You know, I, I guess it was, you know, magnetic, you know, it just kind of came together and something I just did for fun and didn't think that it would put me in a position that I am in today and make me who I am, you know, as a, a person today. Now, were you tall at a young age or did you shoot up like in high school? Yeah, I was I was pretty tall. I always been tall, you know, the tallest out of you know my class and taller than the boys and, and everything. So <laughs> well, I know that can make a difference. It can also be tough for girls. You know, when I see young girls and they're tall, I smile like, wow, that's beautiful. And especially when they, you know, they have their chin up and their shoulders back as and they're glad to be tall. But the other side of that is that everybody expects you to be a great athlete, right? Yeah. So that's the other side. Were you teased or did people expect you to be really good at sports because you were tall? Um, I think it came, but I I don't know because I I, I was really great. So I don't know which one came before that. But I I do remember, you know, I'm a very shy, innovative person. So I kind of leaned over a lot when I was I was younger you know trying to blend in with everyone else instead of you know standing up tall and just being different I didn't learn that until I got you know older you know so absolutely now did you play other sports 
yes, I played volleyball. I ran track. Okay. Or shall I say I did more high jump in track. <laughs> well, maybe that is a part of your, you're one of those type of post players that really runs the court well. Yeah. And, you know, right now, in fact, maybe we can talk about this for a minute, the way young people are specializing in their sports, you know, all year round. But when we grew up, you played a lot of different sports. And yeah. uh, some people say it's great because then you can really get better at your sport. You're getting more reps in, so to speak. But then others say, not sure about this. Are we really developing other muscles and learning other skill sets? What's your take on it? I, I think it's very important to to venture out to different sports. You know, I think at one point, yeah, you, you when you get older, you may decide to, you know, really put focus in on that one sport that you want to put your focus in. But for me, volleyball helped me out a lot. You know, volleyball wouldn't have been anything I would have done past high school, but it helped me with my timing. I became a great shot blocker, right? Just being able to teach yourself to do something different and catching the ball. You actually got to hit the ball or spike the ball and just the gathering up your steps, you know, stuff like that. So I think it's, it's, it's very important to, you know, step outside of yourself and, and do something different. Volleyball is so popular. I love it as an Olympic sport. I think the men's game is really, really rapid fire, violent. You know, who wants to get mm-hmm. spiked by a man, you know, hitting right. that <laughs> Not sure that women are, are, are really light at it, but mm-hmm. the, the violence in men's volleyball, that is, that's something to see. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Now, tell us about any particular teachers or mentors while growing up who really made an influence in your life or even your parents or family members. Yeah, my my coach. She be, began as my middle school coach, and then she went over to the high school. Without her, I wouldn't be the person I am today. You know, she really took me under her wing. And my parents, just to share an intimate part of me, they were going through a divorce when I was in middle school. So just like any kid, I began to act out. You know, I didn't know how to express the emotions that I was feeling between my parents separating. And I really started to go on a, you know, a really bad trouble street. And my, my coach, Alex Lyons, she saw me as who I, she saw the better person in me, you know, she understood what I was going through and, you know, took me under her wing and really started to put my focus into, into, into something which expanded. Because anytime you put your focus into something, it, it, it blows, it amplifies, it expands. And, you know, she just really became a second mom to me. And without her, I definitely wouldn't be here today. You know, she started, she took me to my first college basketball game, you know, and yeah. <laughs> Another part of sports, you know, being able to have these very, very intimate relationships that stay yeah. with your entire life. They care about you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's just that person, you know, and her son, he's he's my age and he became like a brother to me. And I'm thankful that he allowed his mom. He, you know, gave his mom to me, basically, you know, because I I mean, that's essentially what it is when she's you know spending a lot of time with in basketball practices or she helping me get to my AAU games or, you know, it's been time that she she fed me, you know, and just just been there to listen to me. So. Again, I, I owe it all to her. I appreciate that perspective. You know, right now, there's a lot of talk about how AAU or grassroots sports, in particular basketball, how it's just ruining young people. But people don't often realize the beauty and what it, difference it can make. 
when you have a coach that stays with you all year round and helps you everything from, you know, telling you to make sure you get your homework done to giving you a ride to a game or practice because your family members aren't available to just caring about you and giving you a hug when you lose a game. Uh, yeah. A lot of our grassroots coaches, AAU coaches, high school coaches really make a difference for young people. And we need to lift that up versus yeah. they're all, you know, terrible and they can't coach. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, AAU allows kids to have something outside of just being home all summer or, you know, whenever and not doing anything. It's like an after school program. You know, it's able we're able to to do something and, and, and grow into our sports and stuff. I mean with everything, you know, sometimes it could be, it can have a negative side to it, but for the most part, the coaches are stuck and who's are who are dedicating their lives to young athletes. You know, we have to just like teachers, right. We need to as well, give them more props than what they are given. So life at Carolina, it went by really, really fast, but you are, you know, the epitome of a champion and a winner and not only the X's and O's and your success, but let's talk about how you were able to overcome that year when you were out, leukemia. Let's talk a little bit about that. What, what did you learn in that experience and how does it uh, motivate you today in terms of your actions and the things that you do? Yeah, so, well, that's just a, lo a loaded question. <laughs> like you said, it was definitely a, a tough time for me. You know, I was going into my senior year, you remember, summertime of it, and just like any, 21 year old, I planned out my life, right? I said, I'm going to do this during the summertime. I'm going to, you know, prepare for the WBA. I had this whole long list of things that I was going to do. You know, there's a, a, a quote that says, if you want to make God laugh, you know, just tell him what you got planned. And that's, you know, exactly what happened for me. You know, I was hit with the news that I had Hoskins lymphoma and it just really, you know, it not only humbled me, but it also just, it changed my life. It changed my, you know, my direction of my life. Do I think that I would be the person that I am today um, if, I, if, I, if I wasn't diagnosed with high school diploma? I don't, I don't think so. You know, would I have made, you know, made it to the pro level? Maybe, maybe so, but it, it definitely defined me as a person. It's a, it's a scar that will always be with me and it's a scar that I love because of it, it's who I am. So yeah, when I went through six months of chemotherapy, was it was the toughest time in my life you know I've never felt that down before it happened to me really quickly you know I went into the doctor to see Dr. Pillsbury on a Thursday for a sore throat you know I had sore throats I had night sweats I was I don't know just not feeling too well but you know I I thought that maybe I was a little sick I had a little cold maybe that's why my throat was hurting and the chest pains that I was, you know, experiencing at night, I thought maybe I would eat in too close to bedtime. Mm -hmm. um, and my night sweats, I was like, oh, maybe I'm too hot at night, you know, <laughs> and Coach William Johnson, you know, she's a, like yeah. another mom, you know, you know her, she's, she's awesome. She encouraged me to, to go see Dr. Pillsbury, and I, I did, she took me there, and we, we saw him, and we was at the hospital, and I, I didn't think of much of it at the time, you know, he was getting all these different tests, you know, at, just back to back. I was there for like two or three hours and I, I didn't think of anything that it was going to come back as serious as cancer, but it, it did. He came in the room and he pushed down on this area here. I'm not sure if you can see it. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I was like, oh, what is that? Never felt it, never knew anything was there. And he said to me, a line that, you know, I would never forget because he used best in cancer in the same, you know, same sentence. He said, hey, you know, I'm really sorry that I didn't catch this at first, but I, you know, you may have Hoskins lymphoma, which is a form of cancer. But if you were to get a cancer, it's the best cancer to get. You know, mm-hmm. like, what do you mean best cancer to get? <laughs> you know, so, yeah. And I, we got a biopsy. He had to, you know, basically come me open to make sure to be able to diagnose me with it. And I had to, they basically had to make sure that's what it, that's what it was. So Friday, I went back in, he, you know, removed the stitches that he put there and then Monday, I got the call saying that I had Hoskins lymphoma. That Tuesday, I went in and I got a port put in here. I actually got a tattoo mm-hmm. over it that says mine over matter. Yeah. And I got my port put in and they did a bone marrow on both sides of my back that day. And it's just like everything just really hit me, hit me. Wednesday, I started chemotherapy. So like less than a week, I went from, you know, Jessica Breland, the basketball player to mm-hmm. Jessica Breland, the cancer patient, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it was really, really tough for me. Well, that's, uh, that's an amazing story and a tribute to you and your strength. And I love that mind over matter, you know, thinking that we can control a lot if we have the right attitude. Yes. And certainly things will happen to us, but how will we respond to it? And I apologize. I think I misspoke and said leukemia. I meant lymphoma. But certainly I know that drives you. And thinking you as a woman who have your own business, you're an entrepreneur. I love it. And uh, I know you have a strong, strong sense of wellness and how we take care of ourselves. So tell us about this amazing studio that you have in the Triangle area. It's located in Durham, but it certainly serves the Triangle region. And I know people come from other parts of the state to visit as well. Tell us about BR3. Yeah, so it's funny that you said that because we do. We have clients come from all over, two-hour drive, and it's just like, wow, it's amazing. Thank you so much. And it's because of the the therapies that we provide here. And we have flotation therapy, which is sensory deprivation. It's, um, it's a room, not really a tank. A lot of people are, you know, used to the pods that close over you, but we have a room with a glass door. You open the door, and there it is. It's the water right in front of you. Twelve about twelve inches of water, a thousand pounds of Epsom salt, so wow. you float instantly. And <laughs> Doctor Deborah, let me tell you, I do not, I can't float at all. And, you know, <laughs> I just I can't. But in my in the float tanks, in the float rooms, I'm able to float because of the how much salt is in there. It's really really great for you. You cut off all the lights, or you can you can have on little spotlights, as well as. We play spa music, but you can cut it off and have the complete sensory deprivation experience, which is wonderful. By far, one of our top services that we have here. We also have cryotherapy, right? Cryotherapy is the reason why I got into it. For me, WBA, recovering from games and the travel schedule, it, you know, it's, it can get rough and tough. So one of my teams that I was on before Chicago, we would go to a place there and we would recover, you know, and we get in the cryo machine and basically you get into it and you're, it's from your neck on down that your body is in it. And it's sub-zero temperatures that's, that it, you know, basically emerge into it. And it's just the top layer of your skin. It's nothing that's harmful or anything like that. It's, it's cold. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's pretty cold. 
and it, it's three minutes and you can do three minutes of anything. And once you get out of it, you feel like you can go run. I like to call it like, a, like an espresso shot. You know, a lot yeah. of clients come in here and they're like, oh man, I feel like I can go, you know, on a marathon run. And it's just the boost of energy and then the endorphins that it releases from your body. It helps with inflammation. The guy that created it, he actually created it to uh, heal arthritis, you know, to help with arthritis. So that's, that's one of the great features. So with that being said, we, we don't just have athletes that come in here. We have just your everyday person who are in constant pain. Um, yeah. Or just stressed out or high anxiety for sure for the both things. And, and we also have sauna. We have a sauna, infrared sauna. It heats your body from the inside out opposed to your traditional sauna that heats the area and you're like oh it's too stuffy in here I got to get out I can't really get the benefits of it because you know being in the sauna it, it's a lot of benefits within it you know with the detox and, and helping you with um, calorie burn, burning calorie and as well as you know your endorphins as well and stress and just it's really really great so with that being said you can be in the sauna for about 45 minutes or so you know because it's when it gets up to about 130 it's not that hot it's like it, it'll feel very similar to your, your dry heat your desert like arizona or something like that so you don't have to worry about your hair getting fuzzy or anything <laughs> which is a lot of clients they love that part of it you know right. we also we have normatex which is just your compression sleeves that you may see athletes wear all the time but again we have you know your everyday person who either stand on their foot all the time on their, you know on their legs all the time as well as we have like the chefs chefs that you know cooks they stand up all a lot we also have massage therapists as well mm-hmm. so, well it's just amazing and for those of you who aren't familiar with BR3 please visit i visited it's it's wonderful uh, the staff is amazing everybody you know makes you feel like a king or a queen and You know, for this area to have this type of top technology, sports, athletics, wellness technology in our area, it is truly a gift. It is a blessing. So you don't have to be in New York or Los Angeles or Chicago. You can have it right here in the triangle. So if you're really wanting to find the top technology and how to heal your body and just make you feel better, you want to check out Jessica's studio. And that is BR3studio.com, I believe. We want to make sure we mention that. Now, we are in the pandemic, coronavirus. And so I know you've been coping. You have to as an athlete, as a mentor, as a, as a coach, as a, as a business owner. So I want to ask you, since you do spend time with young people, do you have any recommendations for young people during this time period? And in particular, athletes, how do they keep motivated during a tough time? I would like just to tell them that, you know, this, it's how life is, you know, same thing on a court, right? We, we drop a, a game plan and we say that, Hey, this is how we're going to play, or this is how we want the outcome of the game to be. But we all know that sometimes that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen that way. And that's what we're experiencing right now with COVID. You know, we all want to go about our daily lives as we normally had it. And, you know, sometimes the, the strain of the limitations that we have right now can be, can be a lot, but we have to adjust and be adaptable like we are on a court or out on the field. You know, we just got to keep doing the things that we're, we're supposed to do to, to keep everyone safe, you know, because there are people at high risk that it may not affect you as, as much as it would affect them. And that's the most important part of, of all of it. Yeah. Well, I definitely agree with that. 
You have to keep doing the routine, especially when you want to come out when this is over, that you want to come out better. And that means you just can't stop and give up right now. You want to be better. So keep doing that. And so the other pandemic, uh, which many would argue has been going on a lot longer than coronavirus, is racism, structural racism. And mm -hmm. people are really paying a lot more attention to social justice, and especially since we have so many prominent athletes who are speaking up. Coaches are speaking up. Front office people are speaking up. So do you have any particular coaches or, or folks that you admire in this space or if you want to share what you're doing in this space in terms of helping us to have more healing, helping us to liberate brown and black people? What are your thoughts on this uh, pandemic? Yeah, just awareness, right? I mean, I think that's what, what we can do as individuals, you know, just make sure we, we are making sure people are aware of their action and how that may affect someone else. I think that's one of the, the biggest things, right? We're, we're taught that as, as kids. And I think a lot of people don't understand that they have privilege, you know, that that's what it, it is. And, and it could be because this is what they were raised up on, you know, and it's, it's maybe an everyday thing. And I think just making people more aware of of it or just of their words or their action you know a lot of people maybe it's 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 not what's in their heart really but you know sometimes your action speaks louder than anything you know so you just we just have to make sure we're, we're keeping people more aware and, and holding everyone you know to a, a certain accountability yes so. accountability there are so many people out there and i don't know whoever said this but people who were born on third base and yet they think that they hit a triple. Right. <laughs> That's what's out there. Um, yes. You know, and people will point to sports, you know, the diversity that we have in sports and people just assume that everything is perfect there. In fact, I think I just read that Vicki Johnson is going to be the first uh, black head coach in the WNBA. And wow. people think, you know, with all of the women of color that are playing basketball, that right. we would have you know, women of color coaching. This is what's missing, that big inequity, that gap. Especially because a majority of your athletes, especially basketball, right, is going to be African-Americans, you know? So I feel like it's always a disconnect when you can't connect to your athletes, you know? Like you can't do it because of maybe age-wise already, right? But if you if you don't allow yourself to to understand, to be more aware, like we were just, like I said earlier, you know, if you don't allow yourself to understand this person, then you would never be able to reach that person, you know? And it's, it's, it's sad because they are the mom that's, or the dad that's away from, from home. So I think that coaches should, you know, try their hardest and, and, and be more aware and, and, and try to connect with that athlete, you know, because our struggles are different. We weren't, a lot of us weren't, you know, grow, we didn't grow up on the third base, like you said, you know, like sometimes it's hard for us to get off of first base because of how the system is set up. So. No, that is exactly it. And yeah. even if you can't necessarily relate, that means having people in your staff who can and getting out of the way, yes. getting out of the way of that relationship, which brings me to your move to Duke. And so tell us about this amazing WNBA program which is connecting you such that you land in Durham working with the Duke Blue Devils. 
Yeah, so the, like you said, the WBA, amazing program. You know, it's an internship in which they are allowing us to figure out what we want to do after basketball. And I, I love that. I think that's great. I think it's preparing the athlete for the real world because let's just face it, we're kind of sheltered from it sometimes, you know. But anyway, I have this great opportunity to basically pick whatever I, I, you know, wanted to do. And of course, you know, like I'm, I'm a business owner, so I wanted to see the business side behind basketball, the sport that I played all my life. You know, what are the different pieces? Who makes this happen for me? Like, who are the people behind the scenes that's actually allowing us to be on a court and be as great as we can be? Because let's face it, you know, we, we, we go in the gym and we practice as a, as the player, but there's stuff that's be, that's behind the scenes that we don't really I mean, not to say we're not appreciative of it, but I've been, you know, at my internship for three weeks now. And let me tell you, I want to hug and kiss all my coaches <laughs> because yeah. all of the things that they do behind the scenes to make us be the best athlete that we can be. It's by far like hands down, like you, you, you just have to just be able to be able to understand it and appreciate it. But my internship, I decided to go with Duke University women's basketball team. And I, I I made that decision. It was a tough decision because, you know, UNC is my home, always in my heart. I love Carolina. I know everything about Carolina, the ins and outs, and that would have been my comfort zone, right? Yeah. I felt like I needed to push myself and step outside of my comfort zone. You know, I think we as people, sometimes we gravitate towards stuff that is very comfortable for us. And I wanted to make myself as uncomfortable as possible so I can learn and grow. And not only just that, but having the opportunity to be under Carol Lawson leadership, you know, fellow African American herself, I, 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 you can't turn it down. You can't. The things that she has done for us and as and for women in basketball, just in general, groundbreaking things that she's she's done. Being you know with the NBA, you know, she's also Olympian you know, one championship with the WBA, you, you just can't, you can't turn your head from that, you know, and not to say that other programs don't have, you know, great coaches, you know, I think UNC, I, I love Courtney, I think she's an awesome woman, you know, I had dinner with her a couple of times, I think what she's doing there is great, it's just how, where I see myself going, and what direction, just wanting to be, you know, maybe on the, the back end of the sports, in the business side, I, I just felt like, being with Kara and her, the everyone she has there at Duke would be the best for me, you know. And like I said, it was it was a very tough decision, but I think that it it's it's the best one for me. Yeah, I mean, Kara, well, I mean, I'm always there, you know. I'm always there working with the with the girls. I've I've been there for the last ten years, you know. I bought a home in Durham so I can make sure that I'm I'm close to you. See me around campus all the time, you know. So I'm I'm always there. It's, it's not to say that. That's that's not there, or I'm not appreciative of of it. It's just that it was it's something different. I am very uncomfortable, but I love being how I am right now. Like it's it's great, you know, trying to figure out my way around Duke, and you know, kind of getting you know clowned on a little bit <laughs> and stuff like that. But you know, hey, I think you just you have to do those things to to grow as a person. So that's right, and uh, we know on the other side of discomfort is growth. Yes. And for you to be, I, I think you are the first, the first men's or women's basketball player to go be involved with the other schools, the <laughs> first rival schools program. Yeah. 
And uh, there are many, many people cheering from you, from Blue Devil Nation to, you know, the Tar Heel Nation, because it's so much more than just playing the game. And, you know, I always say that Duke and UNC and all sports, we're, we're at it. We're at it. But off the court, off the field, we work very well together. You know, we've got the scholar, the Roberson Scholars Program, where we have a bus that goes back and forth between campuses. We do a lot together. So I'm happy to see you over there. I think I'm pretty sure, though, you might keep a pair of Carolina shorts you know, <laughs> or, or, or tech top or something on from time to time, though. Yeah, I kind of joked with my partner saying that. I said <laughs> that when we play Carolina, I might have to have a UNC shirt on under my Duke shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I get it. I get it. You know, the one little um, story I'll tell is, you know, playing at Virginia and then having to, to be. Uh, play against Virginia when I was coaching at Carolina and mm-hmm. uh, beating Virginia. So it was very bittersweet uh, to mm-hmm. go with your old coach. But, you know, this is, this is as my friends say to me, well, Debbie, where, where's the paycheck coming from? Yeah. Uh, hey, it's Tar Heels. <laughs> but in particular, you know, this year is going to be, well, we see it in football, but, you know, mm-hmm. men's and women's basketball college is going to be really, really challenging to get these games in my teammate is Val Ackerman, who is the commissioner of the Big Big East, and we were talking about how it's going to be tough for teams to even get the necessary numbers to make it to March Madness, if we have a March Madness. Right. And so I just wanted to ask you your thought in terms of how we're going to be able to navigate all of this uh, and try to give the athletes a good experience. It's going to be tough, you know. Really, we just we have to count on everybody doing their part, you know, yeah. with COVID, you know, wearing the mask and washing your hands and staying six feet, you know, like I know now it becomes, and I said it kind of like, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing that, you know, but this is this is what we have to do. And I, I think the WBA did a really great job with containing everything in the bubble. You know, I, I opted out this year. Everything was kind of put together really quickly and not to say I didn't have faith in them, but it was just, I didn't know much about COVID to put myself there but mm-hmm. definitely next year mm-hmm. I, I'm playing you know it doesn't matter I, I miss it I'm, I want to play I I can I saw what they did with the bubble it was a, a beautiful idea but unfortunately you can't do that with college you know right. we'd love to probably grab you know the teams and put them all together and say hey let's play let's play and be safe but mm-hmm. right now it's just it's what it is you can't we can't do that I think Duke is doing a really really great job and I say that because we get tested every day every day yeah. Days off, we come in, we get tested. We are, we're not allowed fans, you know, and yeah, so it's just all the protocols that they have there is, 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 is really strict, but I, I feel safe. You know, they, they are doing a really great job and I understand that some programs, you know, it's not in the budget to be able to test every day and, and stuff like that. But the things that we can do is wear a mask, right? We can wash our hands and we can stay six people as much as possible. So, Well, this is. A- just been a wonderful chat. So before you leave, I have to ask you this question when it's all over and you're sitting in your rocking chair watching the Tar Heels play. Yeah. <laughs> if you reflect back on your career, what do you want people to remember you for? Ah, it's a great question. What do I, let's see. I would I would say for the things that I provide for people, not just the young athletes, but just the community. You know, if you get a chance. When you get a chance and you look at our website, you'll see that our price of points is very, very reasonable. 
you know, I'm not making a profit off of anything. It's just for the community. It's not just for the athletes because I would say about 10% of the clientele that I have here is, you know, not athletes. So just what I do for everyone, you know, how I make people feel and just what I can provide to, to the community. You know, I think that would be one of the, the biggest things that a lot of people probably could say about me. Well, you certainly do that well. You know, just a wonderful, wonderful ambassador for Bertie County for the state of North Carolina, UNC Chapel Hill, WNBA, and the ACC, and definitely, you know, our friends at Duke University. So I want to thank you so much and thank you again for your studio and how you're making people feel better. And that's what life is about, seeking joy. So thank you, Jessica Breland, for being a part of If You Only Knew with Dr. Debbie Strong. Thank you. The checks you keep the mate. It's been exhausting carrying the weight. It's been exhausting carrying the weight. Been accused of stealing the refuse. My feelings excuse my healing. That was Dr. Debbie Stroman with Jessica Breland. To learn more about BR3, visit BR3studio.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hit the subscribe button too. That way, you'll be notified when next week's episode launches. This show was edited and produced by EarFluence and is brought to you by thediversitymovement.com. Intro and outro music for this episode is from Soteria, and you can find more of her music at iamsoteria.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on If You Only Knew with Dr. Debbie Stroman. Talk about the drama, but there's more to come. Send me calling.